California. We welcome in now Adam Miller, who is a fingerstyle guitarist extraordinaire and is or was in Logan recently for a concert uh, presented by Thorell Guitars in Logan. It was at uh, Y Sound. And uh, Adam Miller is on a tour several dates in the United States. Um, would places like Adam? Yeah, I've been um, all over the U.S. so far. So my tour started in Woodstock through to New York City um, and then over to the West Coast, Orange County, through to where else have I been? Um, Oakland area, and now I'm here. Very good. Yeah. Uh, we also bring in Ryan Threll uh, uh, from Threll Guitars. You make guitars. Yeah, here in Logan. Um, it's, why'd you bring in Adam Miller? Uh, I got a chance to meet Adam at an international guitar uh, show in uh, in Hillsburg, California, and hear him play, and was blown away. And uh, I got you know got a chance to email with him and talked him into coming here on his uh, next time through the states, and and uh, just very excited to have him here. Yeah, I just talked him into it basically. Very good. What us Australians do. We very just talk our way into it. Anywhere. Stop yeah. talking. I, I believe it. I'd like to um, start with a very interesting quote on your website, which, by the way, is uh, adammiller.com.au. Mm. We're just talking before we went on the air. If you if you don't add the AU, you you, you take it to the web to the website of the White House, which yeah. you know this could be good or bad, but yeah. but if you want to find out about uh, fingerstyle mm. guitar and Adam Miller, add that dot au on the end. Um, so this is your quote. Uh, you're talking about your fourth studio album, which is called Delayed. Mm. You say it refers to the process of chasing that elusive tone in my head and finding it in a guitar. And uh, you you weren't going to record this album until the tone was perfect. So t- talk to me about that, that that tone in your head. I guess it's uh, the thing about when you're a guitarist and an instrumental guitarist is that it's your voice. So the your guitar is everything, and how it evolves and how it comes out your fingers is really critical to what happens. So um, there's two sides of that quote a little bit, is that I'm also an audio engineer, so that half of it was actually finding you know, how to record it the best and deliver it in the way I wanted to. Um, I guess the things for me is that fingerstyle guitar is generally an an old world sort of style of music, I guess, if you take it that way. But the way I play in my music is very orientated towards my age. Like I'm 32 and I've been playing this sort of music since I was young. And, um, you know, this my music is very funky and groovy. It, there are elements of prettiness as well and that sort of thing, but I really wanted to create an album that drove it home. You know, it wasn't just like, oh, that's a pretty guitar. It's like, hey, bam, here's some guitar and it's in your face. So it, it took a while because the traditional ways of doing things weren't exactly right. So, you know, it took me a while to find a guitar that really delivered that sort of tonality and the punch across and then you know, even just to find a room to record it in that didn't sound beautiful. It actually sounds like your lounge room. So when you put the album on in your, in your lounge room, it sounds like I'm there in front of you. Yeah. So a uh, uh, sound engineer as well, that probably lends itself to, to, to driving you a little bit crazy. Because Indeed. you know exactly what you're listening to. Yeah, yeah. And especially where you're lo- looking for something that's not perfect. Yeah, exactly. And so, but you know, that that's all part of the fun of it. Like, um, as much as I'm a guitar player, I really love the instrument itself. Like, you know, I probably spend just as much time reading through guitar specifications and learning about woods and things to help me deliver the sound I want to anyway. So it's, um, you know, it's 
it's just you know that's my hobby and my love as well as anything so so mm. probably probably nice to talk to a guitar maker like Ryan exactly and that's why I tend to befriend guitar makers all the time because you know I I have so much joy and want to learn about the instrument um, from a builder's perspective and what they put into it and I guess you know they can probably learn from me from a player's perspective of what I need and out of it yeah mm. let's bring in uh, Ryan uh, Thorell. Mm. Uh, so that quote, I imagine that resonates with you. Yeah, I, I guess, definitely. I guess pun intended. Definitely. Um, so chasing that elusive tone in my head, a person comes to you as a guitar maker, how do they articulate what they want? You know, usually you get a sense of what someone's looking for, and that's really the seed that drives the whole process. And each guitar, with what I do, where it's very hand-built guitars, each guitar is very unique. Um, there's kind of a seed or idea that uh, drives the guitar, and and it becomes part of that uh, becomes part of the the sound that that is unique to that instrument in the end. And there's so many factors that go into it, but uh, a lot of it is that idea that uh, that a um, is is starts with a conversation with a with a musician and. Um, you know, so much of the design of uh, making guitars has, for me, you know, come from uh, relationships with musicians and, you know, learning so much more about what the guitar needs to be able to do and take it from there. And so the, the conversation probably is verbal, but it's also, you know, once you get to that point, the guitarist picks it up and and then can yeah, tell you, 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 you you're moving in the right direction or not. You get a sense of of uh, yeah, of so much about how they play or what the guitar, how the guitar needs to respond to their particular techniques and that type of thing. And uh, it comes down to everything, like you said, including the choice of wood. Oh yeah, the choice of wood, and and that, that's a big part of the fun of the the hunt that uh, before you start building a guitar is each you know. Each piece of wood, whether it's from a particular species, sounds different, rings differently, and you can have something that's just absolutely fantastic, and and uh, and then you know, and that's something that inspires you throughout the the building of that guitar. Hmm. Uh, Adam Miller, I wonder if you could uh, you know, give give me a little bit of a lesson, our listeners as well. I'm not as familiar, perhaps, as I should be, with the term fingerstyle. Okay. Yeah. Maybe you take me with you know to what you might call quote unquote regular, <laughs> and, <laughs> and then take me you know demonstrate for me fingerstyle. Okay. Sure. Well, um, I guess you know to put it quite simply, first and foremost is uh, it kind of sounds a bit ridiculous to use your fingers for playing guitar because you do, but it's it's more to do with your right hand or the picking hand. I guess your left hand if you're left-handed, and it's uh, just the way it's being able to pluck out individual strings instead of actually. Um, uh, strumming chords so you, you actually get individual or multiple parts going on at once and that's kind of the fun of it so um, you know traditional I guess finger style comes from a lot of it from the heritage of guys like Chet Atkins so kind of a very country sort of background and it's uh, you know this sort of thing where you have this you've got this uh This very, you know, fun sort of country thing. So, and that's essentially how I learnt to play this sort of thing initially because it's all about teaching your fingers to do different things at once, you know. 
tapping your head and rubbing your belly. That's essentially what's going on. So, um, but my dilemma growing up, and this comes back to that whole quote initially as well, is that um, that's what I'd play when I play solo guitar. But when I played with bands or played electric guitar and things like that, I'd play funk and jazz and rock rock music or whatever. And I really wanted to work out a way to bring that back to just, you know, six strings on a guitar. Mm. And that's been kind of, I guess, almost my life's work to this point. So how to make things funky and almost, you know, that you can dance to it. Mm. And there's there's a percussive element as well. I've been reading about the yeah. interviews. They talk about, yeah. use a little bit of the percussive element. Along yeah, with. well, actually, that's, uh, that's a consequence. And that's probably getting a little bit, too technical for uh, the general listener, but um, you know, it's 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 so it creates a whole movement, and it's you know, the interplay of one man doing a couple of things that creates something more than it is. And you're trying to you're trying to meld a lot of styles, funk and blues and yeah, a little yeah. bit of everything. Yeah, well, basically, it's just you know, I, essentially, styles are a hard thing to go about, but you know, I just write music that makes me happy. In general, or is inspired, you know, mm. from that. So, you know, whatever comes out, comes out on the day. Yeah. We're talking with Adam Miller. He's a fingerstyle guitarist, and he was in Logan recently uh, to give a concert at uh, Y Sound. It's presented by a Thorell guitarist. We have with us as well, uh, Ryan Thorell, who's a guitar maker. Um, he'll make custom guitar for you if you'd like. You bet. Mm. Uh, you make how many a year? About 15. Yeah. So this is labor of love, and it takes it quite is. a while. Yes. Yeah. Well, let's let's hear some music. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, I'm going to play you a song that I wrote. Um, it was actually working out some of this process, and I wrote it when my uh, young nephew was around, whose name is Noah. He was about three years old at the time, and he'd uh, get so into um, the tune I was playing, he'd like start headbanging and bobbing along, and then he nearly knocked his himself out on the table. Uh, so I dedicated this song to him, and it's called Noah's Little Nod. Here it is. Thank you. 
So those Adam's nod, Noah's little nod, uh, 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 Noah's little nod. Yeah, yeah. I went, I went further back in the Bible. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. So <laughs> Noah's nod, beautiful. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, I wonder, uh, Ryan uh, Thorell, uh, Adam is playing your guitar. Yeah. Mm. What do you think about? What do you, uh, you probably didn't enjoy the music, but you're, oh, you're, you're, yeah. You're, you're, are you thinking back to making the guitar, or the sound of it? Uh, what, what do you think? Um, well, that particular guitar was uh, uh, one that I designed with uh, Frank Vignola for uh, his uh, style of music. It's kind of a crossover uh, jazz style, and he plays uh, with a lot of different, um, a lot of different acoustic uh, in a lot of different acoustic environments. And so, it's a guitar that works well, you know, interweaving throughout lots of different Americana and jazz and uh, bluegrass and um, and it's uh, it's been it's been really fun to hear this particular uh, instrument be played in, in different styles and to hear Adam play it like that is just phenomenal so hmm. it was a lot of fun this particular guitar uh, I'll try to describe this for people the what do you got usually have a hole in the middle under the strings right uh, in in flat top guitars, this flat is guitars. this is uh, um, actually a, a, a design that comes from arch top guitars. It's an arch top guitar, but the uh, the arching of the plate is um, it's dramatically lessened than uh, the traditional arch top guitars from uh, D'Angelico and uh, Gibson guitars, and um, and the bracing is uh, kind of a hybrid between. That's that style of an instrument in uh, the Viennese tradition and uh, Selmer traditions of uh, of instruments. Hmm. And, and I'll try to it describe the people. It has maybe you could describe it as a couple of wings, and it's near it's, the bottom of the. Yeah, it has a, a leaflet aperture letting out yeah. the sound on the mm-hmm. treble side of the the guitar, and then there's a on the very opposite side on the facing the player. There's a, a sound port uh, that that lets off a different uh, frequency response towards the player. And then as the sound gets mixed um, further out from the, the guitar, it's a, it's a lot more uh, a warmer sound that uh, it plays, uh, plays very well in the mix with other instruments. So as a, as a melody instrument, it, it really projects a really beautiful sound. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. So Adam Miller, I was reading in an interview that you gave one of the guitar magazines, and you were talking about um, finding Charlie Hunter, or mm. his music, and and uh, being amazed by how he uh, could play the bass and melody at the same time. Yeah, exactly. So um, Charlie is a bit of an innovator and a freak. He's a you know very well known uh, American jazz guitarist, and uh, he he essentially came from kind of a similar idea from me. Like he was playing fingerstyle guitar, but it wasn't exactly doing what he wanted, and he kind of went 
one step further while we're talking about uh, guitar building and decided that six strings wasn't even enough and he'd put three bass strings and five guitar strings on his guitar. <laughs> and then um, his bass strings go to a bass amp, his guitar strings go to a guitar amp, and he is essentially both. So um, hearing Charlie for the first time was... It basically just showed me that it was kind of possible to actually play two parts at a time on a guitar and even improvise. Like, that's that was the other thing. It was being able to create music on the spot uh, that isn't necessarily arranged. Usually this fingerstyle guitar music, guys spend, you know, weeks, hours, days, months, years. I know I went in an awkward... Uh, <laughs> anyway... Um, they actually coming up with the arrangements, how to play it, and they play it the same way every night, whereas, you know, like the song I played then was different to the way I played it last night will be different to the way I play it tonight and different to the way I play it next week. And um, that that's what's been really fun about it, that it can still be very organic and on the spot, yeah. Hmm. Let's hmm. hear something else. Okay, sure. Well, um, I might play um, something a little bit mellower for you now. Um, this is a song I wrote uh, uh, actually for my wife on our wedding day. Um, I, well, I actually wrote it during my wedding speech was the finale of that. So it's called Wedding Speech. So mm. you, back up and tell me again, you, you wrote this during your wedding speech? During, yeah, during, yeah. Okay. It was, um, right. you know, kind of the inspired moment yeah. right at the end. So um, my my actual speech was basically... Well, you know, you've got a hundred people in front of you that you know. Well, you might as well do a concert. Yeah. Sounds good. M- might as so, well. So I, I took up a guitar and basically explained all these songs I've written over the years and how they were part of the crazy adventures that Holly and I had had together. So, um, and you know, the idea was that she just keep inspiring me every day. So that was what happened in the last five minutes of that. So um, yeah, this is it. It's called Wedding Speech. Okay.
Beautiful. Tell me the title again. Thank you. Wedding Speech. Mm. That's uh, Adam Miller, mm. who uh, joins us along with uh, guitar maker uh, Ryan Thorell. Um, you've uh, you've talked about uh, writing a song for your was it your nephew? Yeah, yeah. For your wife? Yeah. Uh, during your wedding speech? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm reading that uh, other songs have been inspired by travels to America and Afghanistan. You've visited Afghanistan? Yeah, I've uh, been in the fortunate experience of going to perform for the uh, Allied forces there twice now. So, um, which is, yeah, been unbelievable. The things you get to do as a musician are just bizarre. <laughs> so, what was that like? Did you feel... Was it dangerous? What, uh... Uh, yeah, yeah, there was certainly a, a danger. You know, we were given dog tags. We were explained how to use them and what the hexagonal one was for and how you jam it in the roof of your mouth in case you get kidnapped. So, um, and, you know, there were very real threats the whole while we were there. There were attacks on base. We're, we're never allowed off base. Um, we're, you know, very much babied the whole time we're there. But still, it's um, a pretty incredible experience and very eye-opening and something that, you never get to see unless you're actually in the military in there. So, um, yeah, and then of the landscape of Afghanistan is just incredible as well. Really amazing places. So, yeah. Well, how are the soldiers as a, as an audience? How do they receive the music? Um, okay. Well, most most of my audiences were Australian. Like they, the Australian Allied Forces invite everyone, but really, you know, they don't know who any of us are, so they don't care. They <laughs> we we maybe get four or five a show, but um. The Australian audiences are definitely appreciative afterwards, but, uh, you know, Afghanistan is dry um, alcohol-wise. And, uh, yeah, Australians are pretty reserved people, actually, despite our reputation. Uh, so um, the shows are kind of like playing to, uh, you know, a very well-behaved school assembly or something. Uh, the, the only interesting thing is that in that region, all... Um, all soldiers, all personnel must carry a weapon on them at all times. So they were all very well behaved and carrying rifles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and an interesting tension. Indeed, yes. indeed. Yeah. Uh, you talk about occupational hazards, including carpal tunnel syndrome. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, it was quite a few years ago it kind of came on for me now. But uh, certainly uh, when you play guitar like I do and it's very intense and your fingers are doing lots of things at a time, it uh, tends to take its toll on you. So um, it was actually uh, in the middle of a show. Um, I'm trying to think. It was quite. It was five or six years ago now when it first came up for me, and I couldn't play. I couldn't feel the tips of my fingers on my left hand. I used to bite them just to check that was still there, and I kept having to bite harder and harder. So, but uh, yeah, that night I'd kind of. Once again, I do it a lot. I write songs in the middle of shows and then decide to play them. And there was one particular song that was extremely difficult. And uh, I decided to name it Carpal Tunnel Syndrome. And it's, uh, yeah. You can find that on one of your albums. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's on Delayed, my most yeah. recent album. Yeah. Mm. We're talking with uh, Adam Miller, who's a fingerstyle guitarist. Uh, he uh, 
was in Logan recently to give a concert at uh, Y Sound. This is uh, sponsored by, presented by Thorell Guitars in Logan. We also have uh, Ryan Thorell with us, a guitar maker. Can we hear another piece? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, um, well, seeing as though we're talking about that, we might as well do carpal tunnel syndrome. Sure, hey? Let's yes. Do it. All right. So, excuse me. Sorry, moving the microphone. Here we go. Whoa, there's a chair there. Excuse me, couple tunnel syndrome. Here it is. Carpal tunnel syndrome. Adam that Miller. is. That is. Yes. Did you have to have the surgery? No. 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 It's uh, surgery. I've heard is the worst thing for musicians. Every everyone that's had the surgery that isn't a musician says it's the most amazing thing ever, and everyone that is a musician says, ah. So um, no, just by uh, careful exercise, resting my hand for a while, and you know, you just kind of manage it. I do a lot of mountain bike riding, which is kind of the opposite of the guitar, you know, your wrist is in the opposite, which I think helps strengthen it a lot now. So, yeah. yeah. Cr- cross training, you could call indeed, it. Indeed, yeah. indeed. Yeah. Just, just, you know, 
fitness training for guitar playing, really. Right. Yeah. You're listening to Access U Time, Tom Williams. We're talking with Australian fingerstyle guitarist Adam Miller, who included Logan among his stops on a recent American tour. And uh, we are hearing some tunes and talking with Adam Miller. We're also, we're also talking with Ryan Thorell, Logan-based guitar maker, who's joining in the conversation to describe his craft. More following a break. Programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members and Crime Brothers Artisan Bread at 300 South and 300 West in Logan, open Monday through Saturday until 3. Introducing FISA, Walnut Torpedoes, and Kalamata Olive Torpedo. You teach University of Newcastle? I do, yes, yeah. What uh, students there, they, they want to become classical guitarists? What, did, what, uh, what do you encounter? The degree I teach is a contemporary music course, so it actually ranges from um, classical through to jazz, through to rock music, through to, um, well, we would hope music that hasn't even been created yet. But, um, you know, it's, it, it's basically a wide range. So predominantly I'm the uh, lecturer in jazz and contemporary guitar. So mm. I teach a little bit of classical guitar, but, yeah, mainly um, along the jazz, rock, and the kind of stuff I play. Yeah. yeah. Earlier on uh, you, you talked about how there's some difficulty in and it sounds like maybe you, you're not totally on board with the classifications. You know, you go into a record store. Yeah. And or even the equivalent now, you know, yeah. go to Amazon or wherever. Yeah. And uh, you know, things are kind of pigeonholed into. Yeah, definitely. You just made reference to music that hasn't been created yet. Yeah, yeah. That's something you'd hope for. Oh, definitely, definitely. I'd hope that for myself, but I think I'm even still firmly rooted in the music I listen to to actually achieve that. You know, and uh, unless, yeah. I, I don't know. The only way I can think of going to something new is so weird that you can't really listen to it. But, um, you know, ultimately, like, you know, I just, from from a musical point of view, for me, I just want to create music that's either fun, happy, or actually, you know, a little bit thought-provoking. Mm-hmm. I guess every every song of mine actually has some fairly, you know, deep or n- not deep story, but lengthy behind it. So, um I, I find it interesting, actually, that uh, often on an album I can't actually explain what all those songs are about. That's what I love about playing live, and I get to actually explain where this song come from, comes from and what the music is. And, you know, I'm I'm very specific from a composer about that. You know, like I, I feel I've got a good handle on emotions and how music relates back to that and how to interpret those things back through music, and especially on a guitar. Some composers some songwriters mm. go the opposite direction they don't, they don't want to talk about the creation of the I, I don't know they and some songwriters talk mm. about they don't want to influence people's reaction to a song yeah you you do you do a lot of explanation yeah i guess um i guess when it's instrumental music you can obviously take away whatever you want from it and um the interesting thing is that people are always actually doing that as well you know they might go well i hear this in that but I certainly feel, you know, kind of explaining my story helps get it across better because instrumental music is not essentially what, you know, most people would listen to and especially most people my age would go, well, you know, and I've fought it for years. Like, why don't you sing? And I'm like, well, I don't have anything to say really. My life's been too good. Lyrically, I can't poetically create all these things that people have had hard times. Like, you know, 
life hasn't been perfect, but it hasn't been bad. So, um, but through instrumental music, I can create emotions and things that maybe I can't even explain in entirety that are, you know, well and beyond, well above and beyond what I could actually try and explain lyrically. Yeah. It leads into another question I was going to ask you. Uh, I guess if you really wanted to, a huge audience, a lot of recognition, you'd, you know, maybe join a rock band or something. Um, you were in 2010 given the award of from uh, Guitar International magazine, guitarist deserving wider recognition, mm. which is which is an honor, but also it's a kind of a yeah, <laughs> it's a backhanded yeah. thing too. Yeah, it's it's a nice kind of underground, I guess, kind of award, you know. Um, and I've certainly been through periods of you know kind of wanting more commercial success, and I've been in uh, rock bands, and I still am hired actually to play with you know kind of pop stars in Australia and that sort of thing. And it's all just part of the fun and part of the job. But um, it's, you know, I don't think actually thinking that you're going to play popular music is an easier path for a musician in the end. Yeah. I think that's, you know, that's just as much of a pipe dream as anything else, unfortunately. So uh, there's, and, you know, to be really kind of uh, spiritual, I guess, you know, like I've always found that when I'm doing what I believe in and what I actually love, you know, that's when I was most successful. Like, you know, from the point of view of audiences getting it, having fun, people coming to my shows and even commercial success. So, yeah, I find, you know, it's it's a kind of a classic old thing. But if you're true to what you do and what you believe in, people see it and believe it as well. Yeah. Mm. Before we hear another song, I'll turn back to uh, Ron Zanell. Uh, Along the same vein, probably most guitar makers are not going to get rich. No, I'm, I'm guessing. So no, why, it's, why? it's a long process before <laughs> yes. you before you can pay your bills as so, well. <laughs> so, so I'm right in that assumption. Yeah. Uh, so why? But there's probably something spiritual, something emotional you get out of it. What what is that? Um, well, you know, uh, I was just really turned on by guitar making at an early age. When I was 14, I, I saw someone putting an electric guitar together. There was like a Jerry Garcia style guitar, a guy down in Salt Lake named Tim Gonzalez, who was a, a local legend and uh, repair technician down there, uh, just a wonderful person. And I got a chance to work with him for two years through junior high school. And I just remember that that experience, especially so young for me, was so formative and so um, inspiring to my, uh, uh, development of who I wanted to be in my, in, you know, and who I was discovering that I was. And, uh, and I, I, after, you know, after that experience, I, I, you know, went into music and I, I, I studied, uh, uh, played a lot of music and actually kind of came back to guitar building. And, uh, I think a lot of that was because it, it's such a deep, um, expression for me it's such a uh, place where i can uh really kind of tune into what i want to do with the the art of the instrument hmm. uh by the way we're talking with adam miller fingerstyle guitarist uh, he's uh, on a tour of uh, the u.s and has stopped in logan for a concert at y sound is presented by uh, thrill guitars in logan whilst talking with ryan thrill uh, who's a guitar maker we hear something else, Adam. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm going to play a song that I actually kind of wrote for my students, um, which <laughs> it was just a joke, actually, how how bad you could sound but still maybe sound good. 
Interesting. Yeah, yeah, that was the idea behind it, and it's called Wrong Note Blues. Wrong Note Blues. That's the one. Adam Miller. Mm-hmm. As a teacher, I, sometimes you have to stuff your ears with cotton. Or, you yeah. know, I guess there are some hazards. <laughs> indeed, indeed. <laughs> so that's taking some, I guess, some, some wrong notes, just taking it to kind of the edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of that fun thing. It's, um, you know, uh, how can I explain this? It's like how... People connect with kind of dirty rock and roll, like the Rolling Stones, where they just play kind of, you know, things that are kind of cool. And that was kind of the idea of blending, you know, kind of advanced jazz harmony with the idea of that if you just play something like this, sometimes it just sounds cool. That was it. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that, that did sound cool. <laughs> uh, what do you listen to? Um... Well, once again, predominantly instrumental music. You know, my my favourite musicians are guys like Charlie Hunter, as we spoke about earlier. Bill Frizzell is another huge influence on me, who just, uh, another guy who's just genreless, and everything he does is uh, incredible, and it varies from, like, a, you know, Americana, traditional jazz to totally avant-garde, 
effect driven you can't even tell really it's a guitar anymore sort of thing and um his compositional style has been a huge influence on uh you know what i listen to and uh what i compose and how i play um and then i'm trying to think there's just so many you know uh tommy emmanuel australian fingerstyle guitarist as well was a huge influence on me growing up and i was just lucky that I managed to get a cassette of his very early on and I just once again played it because I thought it sounded good. I didn't really know it was hard. I just, I tried to sing when I was eight years old and I didn't sound very good. So, but if I was just playing guitar, I could thought I thought I could kind of sound like him. So it was kind of that. So, um, and there's, there's others like uh, modern contemporary guys like uh, Julian Large and then then off into like kind of the pop and rock world as well, guys like John Mayer and even Red Hot Chili Peppers and things like that. Rage Against the Machine have all been influences on, you know, the music that comes out, even though it might not immediately sound apparent. Hmm. That's an eclectic group. That it, is. Mentioned. Yeah. it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I wonder, um, Ryan Thorell, this is yeah. a different, different of your guitarists that, uh-huh. that Adam yeah. Miller has picked up here. Tell me about this guitar. Uh, this is a guitar I built for... Uh, a gentleman here in the valley and it has a really uh cool inlay design all over the fretboard that is is actually my wife uh studied weed science here at usu and and th- those are i we got to spend a lot of time out collecting collecting different weeds and and so those are uh just some of the different cool uh flora and fauna that we found out uh, around the valley the, those are weeds yeah, weeds. Yeah, they, they they look beautiful, <laughs> which I guess weeds can, right? Weeds. <laughs> yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, uh, can, can we hear another piece? Adam? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I'm trying to think of something good. Well, actually, while while I'm on this, being inspired about guitars as well, um, this is a song I actually wrote in lust for a guitar. <laughs> so, um, talking about how I kind of love the instrument just as much as playing it i was uh browsing the internet one day and found a particular guitar by a builder by the name of ken parker and uh he builds quite radical instruments that use a lot of wood but also carbon fiber but he manages to hide the carbon fiber under layers of laminate wood pieces it's it's pretty incredible so um i wrote this piece actually thinking that it would sound pretty good on that guitar so, um, but they're about forty grand. So yeah. I haven't um, <laughs> haven't picked that one up. I yeah. haven't picked one of those up. But I've played this song on it a few times, and it does sound good, actually. So I've I've at least experienced it. Yeah. So now Adam Miller's picked up a, a third of three guitars that he has here in the, in the studio. Yeah. So uh, this is a song called Parker. <laughs> Thank you. 
Uh, tell me again the name of the piece. That's called Parker. Yeah. Mm. We've been talking with Adam Miller, a guitarist, and uh, with uh, Ryan Thorell, who's a guitar maker in, in Logan. Uh, I'll have you uh, play us one more piece. Yeah, uh, sure. uh, play, play us out. But before mm. that, let me tell people that uh, you can find out more about Adam Miller at uh, his website, adammiller.com.au. And uh, Thorell Guitars is the place to go to find out about uh, Ryan's uh, guitars. Thorell, T-H-O-R-E-L-L, guitars.com. Great. Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you, gentlemen, so much. Yeah, thank you for thank having you. us. It's been a pleasure. Adam Miller on a uh, U.S. tour and mm. has uh, stopped in Logan. What are you going to uh, play a final piece? Well, I'm going to uh, finish off, actually, with a piece called India, which was a little bit, it was inspired cross between my travels to Afghanistan and also the first time I saw the the movie Slumdog Millionaire, which wasn't the feel-good hit of the year to me that I everyone else saw. You know, I was kind of just a little bit devastated about the whole thing. And it wasn't, I think it was either just before or just after I'd also been to Afghanistan and kind of, you know, just seeing kind of the realities and the indifferences kind of in this world. So it's uh, inspired by all those combination of events. Yeah, so it's called India.
thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you so thank much. You. That was Australian fingerstyle guitarist Adam Miller. He included Logan in his stops on a recent American tour. And we've been hearing music, talking with uh, Adam Miller, also with Ryan Thorell, uh, Logan-based guitar maker. Coming up tomorrow on the program, the book is 25th Street Confidential, Drama, Decadence, and Dissipation Along Ogden's Rowdiest Road. My guest is author Val Hawley. Hope you'll join me then. For producers uh, Katie Swain and uh, Bennett Purser, I'm Tom Williams. Thanks so much for listening today. Programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members and the Uinta Basin Orchestra and Chorus, ringing in the Christmas season with their first performance featuring guest conductor, USU Music Department Head, Dr. James M. Bankhead, Friday, December 6th at 7.30 p.m. at Vernal Middle School. Information available at uboc.org. The Be Well Moment is made possible by the USU Department of Human Resources Wellness Program at usu.edu hr. In addition to the 25 million people in this country who have been diagnosed with diabetes or who have it but don't yet know that they do, an estimated 79 million people have entered the danger zone known as pre-diabetes. Their blood glucose levels are higher than normal but have not yet risen to the level at which they would indicate a diagnosis of diabetes. In people with prediabetes, the pancreas may not be working as efficiently as it once did or the body may be gradually building a resistance to the insulin it produces so that the hormone can't do as good a job of clearing glucose from the bloodstream. The good news is that type 2 diabetes is preventable. Diabetes prevention is as basic as eating more healthfully, becoming more physically active, and losing a few extra pounds. And it's never too late to start. This is Lisa for the Be Well program at Utah State University. Be well, Utah. This is Utah Public Radio, KUSR HD 1, 89.5 Logan, KUSK HD 1, 88.5 Vernal, KUSL HD 1, 89.3 Richfield, KUST HD 1, 88.7 Moab, and KUSU-FM HD 191.5, Logan.